0: For 31 years, the RMS Queen Mary sailed the North Atlantic. It helped defeat Hitler and was the ship of choice for the world's rich and famous. Now in retirement in the port of Long Beach, the stateliest ship afloat plays host to tourists and travellers and more than 600 spirits that
1: roam her halls and passageways. These choice decks remain the floating home of a few regulars, including the oft-glimpsed White Lady, as well as Little Jackie, John Henry and, of course, Grumpy. So what makes this ship so special and why would there be so many ghosts attached to it? Let's find out all about the true haunting of
2: the Queen Mary. Anne and Renata Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings.
1: Hi, my
0: name's Anne Rekovic. And I'm Renata Daniel, and we welcome you to today's episode all about... One of my favourite things—a
1: <laughs> oh, ship. You love a cruise, don't oh, you?
0: I love a cruise, <laughs> <laughs> the Queen Mary. Although this is one stately dame, and I did enjoy researching this one. But you know very much my history about anything that floats on water. Well, it really <laughs> the, the things floating on water
1: brought us together in they, a funny sort of way. They
0: did. They did. I suffer terribly from vertigo. I don't have sort of any balance in my left ear and anything that moves at all can make me go into an absolute puddle on the floor. Mm, puddle of vomit. Yeah. just <laughs> Yeah, we, we could say that. Mm. And I, I moan a lot, very loudly.
1: <laughs> Remind me not to share a room with you when you're doing
0: that. <laughs> And so a couple of years ago, the way we met was that I had a fabulous idea that I would do a ghost cruise here in Australia. And I picked a very small cruise to do. It was only from Sydney to Melbourne. But the thing was that I could not get on board because I knew that no matter how stately and how... Technological this vessel was going to be, I wouldn't last more than an hour after we left the heads.
1: And you'd be down in the hospital of the ship (laughs) screaming and spewing.
0: (laughs) And get me off.
1: And apparently you did try a cruise. I did. And that's how they found out you can't go on cruises. Oh, my gosh. Did they air veck you off? Oh, no, but they
0: shut me in the cabins downstairs. It was a Russian ship and it was many years ago and I thought I would um, give my mother-in-law and my husband a treat and we would all go (laughs) on a a a cruise. On a cruise on this gorgeous Russian ship from um, Sydney to Newcastle. Now that's not far; it's a couple of hours. Luckily for you. <laughs> but yeah, the moment the moment we left, I was all so happy and so jolly when we were uh, going through the heads in Sydney and, and on the harbour, and I thought, drinking yeah, cocktails, of cake, piece of cake. This is. And then the moment the moment <laughs> we were out to sea, all hell broke <laughs> I thought I would, I have no fear of hell because I've
1: been there. (laughs) And you you don't believe in suffering in silence. Oh, no. (laughs) The whole cruise ship needed to know you were suffering. Yep.
0: They had to get me off because I was making so much noise that nowhere that I was put was (laughs) quiet enough because I was literally screaming. So my husband went and asked whether they could open a cabin up for me. (laughs) (laughs) And they did. And so I spent the rest of the time down in that cabin with a bucket. And... (laughs) Being
1: extremely noisy. Oh my god! Because you couldn't get on the cruise ship. Yeah, you had to find (laughs) someone. First person wasn't available, and then I got second shot, which I was quite happy about. So thank you, Beth, for saying no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's actually how we actually started working together. Because I did such a good job for you, didn't I? You did. I did. You did. So, but how about we get back onto the Queen Mary and tell our listeners about the ghosts? and uh, some of the history about this amazing, amazing ship.
1: One evening in December of 2004, after finishing up a ghost tour, my daughter Katrina and I were standing in the lobby near the front desk discussing the paranormal events of the evening with others who had also taken the tour. It was around 3.30am and the ship was very quiet by that time. I noticed a man and woman coming down the main staircase. I glanced up at them and noticed a beautiful blonde woman in a ball gown following behind them. She was very pale, but I found myself captivated by her beauty. When my eyes met hers, I was startled by the fact that she seemed to be looking right through me with a cold stare. There were dark circles around her eyes and for some unknown reason I said to my daughter, ''There is your ghost.'' Katrina responded back, who, those two people? I told her I was referring to the young lady behind them. Katrina seemed puzzled by this and told me that there was no young woman, just the couple that were coming down the stairs. I was amazed that my daughter could not see the young woman. It was an extremely foggy night and the fog was wafting in the lobby doors. I had noticed that the woman had exited the ship through these doors and tried to follow her after Katrina had said she could not see her. The couple were standing by the elevator waiting for it to arrive, but there was no sign of the young woman anywhere. I asked the man and woman if they had seen the girl, but they told me they were alone and that they had seen no one else. They looked at me as if I were crazy, so I quickly thanked them and went back inside. A year later, I was again visiting the ship to conduct an investigation with the local paranormal team. We were in the Paranormal Research Centre and I was looking around at the exhibits when I came to a glass display case and was nearly bowled over when I saw the depiction of the lady in white. The mannequin in the case was wearing a ball gown almost exactly the same as the one worn by the beautiful young woman with the lost ear. The detail was amazing right down to a brooch worn at the breast line.
0: Okay, Anne, so I have been researching the history of this vessel and it is complex. So there is a little bit that I have to go through, but it's going to tell you about why the ghosts that are on board are actually there.
1: Right, so Mm. go get your cup of coffee, guys, or your cup of tea, or if you're listening in the evening, get your shardy. Yeah, and sit down and
0: let's go through some of this stuff. First of all, do you know why the ship is called the Queen Mary?
1: I assume it's something to do with the Queen. Bingo. Oh, (laughs) jeez. so good.
0: So the ship was named after Mary of Tech, the wife of George V. So she was good at IT stuff? or No, this is Tech T-E-C-K. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So the king died shortly before the ship's maiden voyage, but legend has it that Cunard wanted to name the ship Victoria, Uh but after asking the king for permission to name the ship after Britain's greatest queen, he replied that his wife would be delighted. Oh. And so they were forced to call it the Queen Mary. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on September the 26th, 1934, Her Majesty Queen Mary christened the job number 534, which was the job number for the Hull, and the Grand Liner slid into the River Clyde to the cheers of the hundreds of people that had gathered to watch it. Yay. Mm. Now... The ship would then spend the next 20 months getting fitted out. So the cruise line Cunard spared no expense on this particular ship. They wanted to make it the grandest thing that floated. Mm -hmm. So they employed famous artists of the time to paint the murals, to sculpt base relief, to etch glass, to work on ornate bronze doors, and to make it into a spectacular art deco
1: shortcake. shortcake. <laughs> Are you hungry, Renata? <laughs> uh, what was that? <laughs> We're not going back. It's staying in. <laughs> a spectacular art deco showcase. Oh, a showcase, not a
0: shortcake. <laughs> oh, dear. Freudian slip. So the ship had three classes of accommodation, two pools, three nurseries, elevators and an entertainment salon for all three classes. And she served gourmet meals to all passengers regardless of class. Oh, nice. How amazing this would have been. Mm. Much bigger than the Titanic, by the way. Oh, wow. This vessel. So when completed, the Queen Mary was truly called the stateliest ship afloat. She set sail on her maiden voyage on May the 27th, 1936. And on her second westbound voyage, she set a new maritime record for speed and won the Ryband from her French rival Normandie for the fastest crossing of the Atlantic. Now, this becomes important when we get to World War II. Right. I will because she cha- that. yeah, because she changes from being a cruise liner to an army vessel. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very important. Yes. Now the the Queen Mary was new and modern. Yes, she had everything that turned, swiveled, and shone. But she was still designed on the classic plans for building cruise liners, and. Some of the characteristics of the old vessels were still within it, so she quickly became known as Rolling Mary. Rolling, Rolling Mary, uh, uh, because there was a bit of a problem that when the ship sailed into a storm, the liner would pitch in the waves. Oh, even beautiful. talking You're about it <laughs> So the passengers were tossed around literally like rag dolls, and there was nothing to hang on to because they decided that during the construction of the ship they wouldn't put in any handrails oh, no. because it took away from the aesthetics.
1: All oh, the disparities <laughs> that so you could just hit the roof. Yep.
0: So this meant that um, on those first few sails there were a number of um, unfortunate instances and many injuries occurred and one of them was a little girl who lost her life. So children in the third class were really fond of sliding down the staircase near the front of the ship, and uh, as they were playing this game, a storm hit and a young girl was sliding down the rail when a large wave slammed into the ship and pitched the bow upwards, and this tossed the poor little girl off. And she fell down and hit hard on the deck. Oh, the poor little chalk! Yeah, and the medical staff arrived, of course, and found that she had broken her neck. Oh and no! They pronounced her dead. Guess where she now stays? Where?
1: On board as one of the ghosts. Oh, maybe I get to talk about her. Maybe. Did that's, they have a name for her? That's the
0: only ghost I'm going to talk about. I oh, know I didn't. I didn't add that. I thought mm. it will come up. With... Well, I have two possibilities for mm. that. So we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So the Queen Mary went into dry dock and they put in handrails and nubbing. Good on you guys. (laughs) uh, And placed those on any of the stairways and any of the slides, hoping to prevent any more death. Now, try to look up what nubbing was. Mm -hmm. uh, And when I looked it up, the connotations of what a nub is, is quite unusual. (laughs) So it's a little leave, bit like I'll leave that to our listeners d- 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 to d- have a look. But if you do <laughs> Yes, yes. So um I'm still not quite sure what nubbing <laughs> is. Maybe just someone who has anything to do with sailboats can let me know. So please, yes, let Don't, inf- don't try searching
1: it without In- putting cruise ship next to it.
0: <laughs> Informers. Uh, yes. Uh so the ship saw lots of celebrities like Clark Gable, David Niven, Cary Grant, Greta Garbo. They were all buying tickets uh, to be on board. Now, some of you are probably not even old enough to know who those people are, but they were the real Hollywood stars in yeah. their 40s and 50s. Renata
1: knows them now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just left that open.
0: I'm yeah, sorry. I know. I know. But stars weren't the only people that wanted to sail on the Queen Mary. Uh, there were heads of state, the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, and even the King of England himself. So even though Queen Mary was known as a luxury liner, she still had third class level. And there were very well known guests. And people that would come on board just to have that experience of being on a cruise liner, because of course they weren't held in a third class; they could roam wherever hmm. they wanted to, so they could enjoy same the same as the today. Whole like the, yep. the people
1: who book the interior cabins aren't held below deck or anything like no. that.
0: They can go anywhere. No. So she carried her rich and famous passengers and on September 1, 1939, when an astounding piece of news was shared with all on board, the captain of the Queen Mary heard that the Germans had invaded Poland and on September third, there was a communique sent by Cunard and the English government to say that war had been declared on Hitler and Germany. So when the passengers gathered in the Grand Salon to hear this news, they called out, God save the Queen. And Bob Hope, who was a very well-known comedian who was travelling on the same voyage, quietly said in response, and the Queen Mary. Oh. Mm. When World War II broke out, it wasn't certain what the job was going to be for all of the ship's that were being used as cruise ships and liners at that point in time. But they were all gathered back into ports and they received a coat of grey paint. Oh, the beautiful ship got painted grey. So the Queen Mary obviously also got painted grey. All of the fine furnishings were removed and the standard troop bunks were installed. I hope they put them away in storage somewhere. They did. They did. Uh, Her portholes were carefully masked so that it would emit no light oh, and sandbags were placed around the areas that were deemed sensitive and, of course, temporary light guns were installed on her decks. So her first assignment was to transport 5,500 Australian troops from Australia to England to help in the defence of France. So the Queen Mary would spend the next seven months ferrying troops between Bombay, India, Sydney, and on April the 9th in 1941, the Queen Mary left Sydney Harbour with a full complement of Australian and New Zealand troops collectively known as the Anzacs oh, wow. and headed for Egypt. Wow.
1: Oh, now I've got goosebumps I'll, all through my body.
0: I will give you numbers of how many could get on board this vessel. Okay. It will gobsmack you. All right. I'm ready to be gobsmacked. Good. Now... Remember, we are back in the 1940s. -hmm. They don't have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. It's very hot. And they've also covered
1: all the portholes.
0: When you're crossing the equator. So the high temperatures of the South Pacific Indian Mediterranean Seas cause the thermometer to hit well above 100 degrees. Mm -hmm. And below the decks... The humidity was high. And of course, as you mentioned, there was no sufficient ventilation for all the men who were being carried on board. Wow. So many of them actually succumbed to exhaustion and stroke. Wow. So they, they suffered from heat exhaustion and died from it. Yep. Yep. Wow. So to this day, there is no clear record of how many men, Australian and New Zealand, and later in the war, Americans may have perished on board even before they got to war. Mm. So it was during this tenure as a troop transport for the US Army that the ship gained her nickname the Grey Ghost. Ah, slipped Mm. silently through the night. So Hitler began to realise that the sheer size and speed of the liner posed a real threat to Germany and he placed a sizable bounty on the ship and her sister, the Queen Elizabeth, to be destroyed. Mm. So the equivalent of... $250,000 and the Iron Cross, which was Germany's highest military award, would be given to any U-boat captain who could sink the Great Liners. Oh, wow. But this task was easier said than done. So the speed of the Queen Mary was such that she would not only outrun the enemy hunting her but was also faster than most of the escorts assigned to protect her.
1: (laughs) I just had a brilliant thought. We could call you the Great Ghost. You go so fast. (laughs) You slip through the night. You whiz.
0: I'm um, I'm not going to go there, right? Let's let's just get back to the story. So because of all of this early in the war, she was put into convoying many, many soldiers throughout all the areas where the war
1: was being but how terrifying for the soldiers knowing there's a bounty on that ship. Yeah. And that there's everyone's trying to to sink it. Yep. So
0: Germany realized that they couldn't battle her on the water. There was there was nothing that could get close to the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. So they got about building aircraft and they thought they could get to her from the air. So it was one of these eastbound voyages that the Queen Mary would be the cause of one of the worst maritime accidents recorded by the British during World War II. And on October the 2nd, 1942, the Grey Ghost, she was steaming at a sustained 28 knots and she did a zigzag pattern so that she could evade the U-boats and their radar that were lurking down It would be more underneath. difficult for
1: them to turn than it would yep. be for the ship, I'd yep. say.
0: And she was to meet one of her escorts, the HMS Curacoa, uh, which was a light aircraft cruiser that was launched May 1917. And as the escorts arrived at the rendezvous with the convoy, they took up their stations and began to match the zigzag pattern of the other ships. Now, the Kurakoa was placed in a position near the Queen Mary uh, but was steaming closer than necessary. There was some speculation that this might be due to the desire of her captain and crew to get pictures of the great liner Mm. as she passed. Oh, I wonder if there were spies. As she passed her port side, whatever the reason that may have been the escort's nearness to the liner, what happened next will never be forgotten. As it's the greatest tragedy of the Queen Mary in its history. Trying to match the speed of the Queen Mary was very, very difficult at best, but totally impossible while zigzagging. The two ships were so close to each other that when the time came for the liner to start its turn, the Curacoa was unable to get out of the way and the Queen Mary's bow struck the cruiser amidships and sliced it clean in half. <gasps> Oh, no. So to the horror of the GIs on board the liner, the ship didn't even slow as she cut her escort in two but continued to port. So she was told, do not slow down, keep going.
1: So they had to abandon the, the ship that was sinking? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Of the 439 men aboard the HMAS Kurakoa, 338 were lost.
1: Oh, that's a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Her
0: captain did survive and he faced an inquest. Mm. But, yeah. For a photo. Mm -hmm. It wasn't only the fact that the Queen Mary sliced the ship in two. The propellers went through after that. So the Queen Mary's propellers. Yes. Yes. So mm. it's it's unknown that- how many of the crew lost their lives to the propellers of the Queen Mary but it is known that this event left a lingering mark on the grand liner which remains today and so many people have told stories about hearing the screams of men and the rushing of water
1: in the forward area of the ship part of the ghostly history. Wow. Now I haven't told you but I've been on the Queen Mary. Have you? I have. I've I've done the ghost tours there twice. Oh. And you, I've got goosebumps all over me. Um, the propeller room was one of the places that um, gave me the heebie-jeebies the most. Mm, wow. Because you could, they've, they've got it lit from underneath so you can actually look down into this big well that's like four metres across mm-hmm. and you can see the propeller. Mm. And I vaguely remember them telling stories about how people would have been chopped up and killed by that. Propeller, and Oh, it my was,
0: goodness. There was
1: high EMF in the area as well. I do mm-hmm. remember that because I had my trusty K2 that mm-hmm. was in my very early years of investigating. Mm-hmm. Um, never, never go anywhere without one. Oh, never go without K2. Yes, everyone, we know how much they can give you false readings. But, yeah, I've got other little stories to tell about my experiences in mm-hmm. the Queen Mary, but keep going. Uh, so...
0: Shortly after that incident with the Curacoa, the Queen Mary narrowly averted another possible disaster with a rogue wave that struck the ship. And remember, it was called Rolling Mary. (laughs) And a lot of the crew found themselves once again being tossed around like rag dolls and... As the giant ship steamed on through this storm, it was suddenly listing at an alarming rate. This is really interesting. And it nearly capsized before the ship finally righted itself. So witnesses have stated that the wave reached a height of 92 feet, which caused the Queen Mary to list 52 degrees, three degrees shy of sending her to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Three degrees. Wow. Now, Paul Gallico, a war correspondent at the time, was on board for this event and would later use it to do the inspiration for his novel and subsequent movie, The Poseidon
1: Adventure. Oh, wow. Did you know that they actually filmed part of The Poseidon Adventure on that ship? No. They did. That was Ah, my little bit of trivia I had for you. Wow, it all starts to add up.
0: So in July 1943, the Queen Mary set a maritime record that stands to this day and will most likely never be broken when she sets sail with, this is where the numbers come, 15,740 armed troops and a crew of 943 for the grand total of 16,683 souls on board one ship. I, I. There is a picture
1: of this. I there is a picture of them all. Can't even comprehend. There's, there's no space to even even turn around. And this is when they were starting to die underneath because they had no ventilation and <sighs> oh. So yeah. I
0: I will actually post this picture on the our, on our Facebook page. It's, all crammed in. It's amazing. Fifteen thousand armed troops. So the soldiers were not comfortable. That's an understatement. (laughs) But for the most part, they held their tongue for the five-day crossing from New York and arrived safe and whole in Scotland. Five days Mm -hmm. in a...
1: Oh, it wasn't that crossing that they suffocated in. It was... um, The first ones. Yeah, the first ones, yeah.
0: So in all her time in war, sailing 600,000 nautical miles and with a bounty on her head, this is the amazing part of the Queen Mary, she was never fired on. And never fired her guns in anger, and never lost a single passenger to enemy action.
1: That's astounding.
0: Yep, she truly was the Grey Ghost. Yeah. Oh, I get lots of chills isn't in this that, story. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So when you, you kind of doesn't that make things change for you when you go on board a vessel like that mm-hmm. to think about
1: all of this history that this this ship has been involved in? Once again, I I wish. When I'd started my earlier paranormal stuff, um, when I had the chance to be in America, I wish I had known more about the history of these locations. Um, I think it made it more astounding for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the Queen Mary... After the war, obviously, what she used to do was she used to transport repatriated soldiers back home. So she did that for quite some time Mm -hmm. and was taking repatriated soldiers from one place to another and reuniting them with families. So that was kind of a little bit of goodwill work.
1: Hopefully they didn't cram them in as
0: tight as they did before. But then there was this thing of, well, what do we do with her now? And one of the thoughts was actually to sink her. Oh, no. Um, And, yeah, yeah. They they ended up doing a, a like a lottery, a tendering, yeah. and she was purchased for $3.45 million and uh, was to be permanently docked at a new floating maritime museum that was associated with Jacques Costeau. Oh, yes. I had a little bit about that
1: too. Yeah,
0: there were a couple of things that went mightily wrong there. Yes. Yeah. So I might leave you to talk about that. But now... I guess what we know of the Queen Mary is that she has a new career and that is of a tourist attraction. That started in 1971. I'm going back to Jacques Cousteau's Museum of the Sea and she's now permanently docked in Long Beach, California. Throughout the years, the staff and visitors have reported unusual happenings and what I looked up when I looked up just recently about staying overnight—they've opened up Suite B three hundred and forty, which is supposed to be oh, yes. the most haunted, uh, and they're charging four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Yes, <laughs> to sleep overnight. Yes, and that's
1: four hundred and ninety-nine American. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a whole list of things that they're now doing that we'll talk about at the end. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) Uh, And for that you get a
0: ghostly package, which includes a chest with a witcher board, (laughs) tarot cards, a crystal ball, and even ghost hunting equipment. There you go.
1: Yeah, and they've actually combined a couple of rooms to make it a bigger room.
0: Well, for that price they would have to. (laughs) Yes,
1: But I've got more stories about that room, which I'll get into.
0: Okay. Well, that that's done me with the history. That sort of gives everyone a real overall view of, of the history of this beautiful vessel and everything that she has gone through. And yes, she is certainly the Grey Ghost. Mm.
3: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month... When you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, passing those sweet, sweet savings directly to you, my darklings. It has been such a good change for me. I've saved so much money in switching over to Mint Mobile, With all of my family and so many people bleeding me dry, I was so happy to find some relief. And Mint Mobile has been that relief valve. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. So say bye-bye to overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages and say hello to relief. Thank you, Mint Mobile, to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash p60. That's mintmobile.com slash p60. Cut your wireless bills to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash p60. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
1: So now we delve into the ghosts of... Queen Mary and it was actually voted as one of the top most haunted places in America by Time magazine a few years back, which of course then brings out all the ghost hunters to come on board and experience what's happening. Mm-hmm and the ghosts that they report that are still hanging around is an engineer who died in the ship's engine room, Lady and White, various children, including the first-class pool, although at the moment they don't take you into the first-class pool anymore. They just stand at the door and tell you about the ghost, and she is one of the most notorious ghosts, so I'd be pretty pissed if I didn't get to go in there.
0: I wonder why they don't
1: take you in. They're renovating the pool. All right. They're actually going to, I think, going to renovate it and bring it back Mm. so people can use it. And I'll get into the pool shortly, but some of the things that have been reported, right, the ghosts and violent noises are reported in the boiler room. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason for this is that there is a documented death of an 18-year-old who was severed in half by a heavy door where he was trapped. Now, they would quite often have drills on the ship where they would set off an alarm and you knew that that meant those doors were going to close and apparently they closed quite a decent rate mm-hmm. but the, the young fellows who were working down in the boiler room, it was quite hot and boring down there and they would like to try and have games to keep themselves entertained and one of the games they used to like to play was chicken. Okay, this is associated with the Australians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they uh, actually would stay in the door for as long as they could before it would shut. But one waited a little bit too long no. and actually ended up in 1966 being crushed. Now, he is quite often seen in blue coveralls sporting a beard. Sometimes he's spied walking through the length of the shaft alley before disappearing by door 13. So it's thought his name was John Pedder. And the ghost has an aloofness to men and a forwardness to women. He likes to stroke their hair, tickle their ears Mm. and breathe on their cheek. So they hear down there they see the shadow sort of ducking around the place, and they hear cries and moans and whispers. I had an experience there. right? In that area. I was standing up the back of the group, and it's it's full of machinery and mechanics and pipes and things down in the bowels of the ship. It's massive. I mean, you see the upstairs with all the lovely decks and the beautiful woodwork and then you go down to the bowels and it's like, my God. So I was listening to this story up the back of the group and I was with my son Alex and all of a sudden the shoulder bag I had over my shoulder got yanked that hard that it got pulled off my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I was standing still and I'm thinking, there is nothing around me. There is nothing to have made that happen. I haven't caught it on anything. What the hell just happened? And mm. I, I was so stunned that I didn't think to pipe up and say anything at the time. But, yeah, maybe that was that ghost. There is also another ghost there called John Henry whose remains were found in the boiler room. He's sometimes seen in the boiler room and in the green room as well, which I think is underneath the pool. Uh, apparently he likes to respond to questions about beer. <laughs>
0: Possibly another Australian. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought actually <laughs> when you talked. Now you were saying that there were Australians on this ship. Yes, yes, lots of Australians were carried. Mm. There is also another ghost reportedly in there that was held in place in one of those self closing doors. Now this the the real person. Mm-hmm. People were playing funny buggers and and they held him either side of the door, but let him go too late. And he was killed, and that was murder. So I wonder if that was the remains that they found, the remains of John Henry. Oh, okay. Mm, we'll connect those together. Oh, that's right. No, John McKenzie, that one was. Yeah, I've got to get my, get my facts straight. So that was John McKenzie, and that was a story that was told by a psychic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'm, I'm not – I am rolling my eyes a little bit. That is a personal experience for one person, which now has become a legend. Mm-hmm. Or one of the most – famous areas is the first and second class swimming pools. Now, you were talking about a little girl that slid down the banister. Yes. Now, there are two children spirits mm-hmm. that I have found reportings of. Now, one is Little Jackie. Now, Little Jackie is probably the most famous. The actual first-class swimming pool has been closed for more than three decades. But this young girl, Jackie Corrin, uh her name is, was discovered in 1991 by Peter James. Now, he's quite well known for his work. Mm-hmm. And I think Ghost Adventures actually did an episode with him there because he was that well known for his work on the ship.
0: I know I read a book um, while I was doing my research and the writer also tells the story of the fact that he spent a calm, some time working on the Queen Mary doing investigations, mm-hmm. and one of the major ghosts he was in contact with was Jackie. Yes,
1: and this is the, the same one. So uh, apparently he discovered Jackie in the Royal Theatre and he was there with the camera crew and he asked who she was and there was an audible reply called on the camera, meet me in the other pool. Now, at the time, he didn't even know there was another pool. Mm -hmm. So they pointed that out. He went down there and then the camera crew and he documented a 10-minute conversation with this spirit responding.
0: Wow, where is that? I need to listen.
1: This is in the pool. I'll have to find it too. Yeah. So many people who have encountered Jackie say that she's quite playful and she likes to play peekaboo and there is a photo where someone thinks they've captured Jackie. She can be heard calling for her mummy or mommy. She's thought to be aged around about five or six and they think that because she's so young that she has, she doesn't know that she can leave. Her mind is stuck in that moment mm-hmm. and she she can't move on but she's quite an intelligent Mm. Interaction. many people have experienced it mm. i've I read when I was reading that she she loves to talk mmm so other things that happen around this pool area is that they talk a lot about women being seen appearing in 1930s-style swimming suits wandering near the pool. They've heard the sounds of splashing and spied wet footprints leading from the deck into the change rooms. And some have seen a little girl clutching her teddy bear. In the second-class pool room, apparently this is where Jackie is often seen and heard. Now, they say that she drowned in the pool during the ship's sailing day days so maybe that's not her or is this what psychics have told us and then once again it's become legend Mm -hmm. but she repeatedly refuses to move on and they can hear her laughing and it's been captured quite often and now there was somebody an investigator share garman points out that there was no drownings to have ever occurred on the ship although she says jackie is there now the other little girl is sarah Mm -hmm. Now, she's supposed to be aged around six to eight and she's become quite protective of Jackie. And sometimes when people will go there, they'll ask to speak to Jackie and you will hear this young Sarah go, no, and she won't let you speak to Jackie. Now, Peter James, who we mentioned before, said that she drowned in the pool in 1949, but once again there's no records of anyone drowning in the pool. Mm -hmm. Or is it that they are covering up the fact that people drowned in the pool. They don't want it reported with the nice cruise line that people Mm -hmm. have drowned in their pools. Who knows? People used to do weird things back then. Yeah,
0: and remember we had that mention of the way that the liner would list when it came to large waves. So it would depend on whether they actually said to people, you must get out of the water now because, you know, we're in serious waters here and there could be a danger to your life or whether they let people swim or whether people decided I'm not going to listen to you anyway and I'm going mm. to swim.
1: Yeah, and look, I've been on a, a cruise sort of in the last couple of years. I've been on deck when that water has got, the the ships got rough and they've got stabilisers and everything now, so it mm-hmm. would have been nothing like what it was back then. And I've watched the water in the pool Literally leave the pool
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and back land in. on the deck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they had to put nets over the pool to stop people going in. Oh. <laughs> because the kids would get in there and their game was to, when the ship lurched, mm-hmm. to have that water throw them up onto the side. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great fun. Yeah. But I wonder, is Jackie and Sarah the same entity? Just... Sometimes they want to talk, sometimes they don't. I don't know. Uh, There was also Planet Paranormal uh, caught a 17-minute conversation with this Jackie spirit as well. Now, on, I think it was Ghost Adventures, they came up with this vortex that is supposed to appear in the dressing rooms. And I got to walk around in there Mm -hmm. and all the lights are off and it is quite spooky. I didn't feel anything but that's not unusual with me but they say this is where the spirits enter and exit the dressing rooms the dressing rooms are the dressing rooms near anything well this they're near the pool it's very active so but they say that it's sort of in the center of the ship it's right. like the heart of the ship mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. where all the energy would focus
0: <gasps> okay. <sighs> I would be more interested if it was near the, you know, down in the bowels where all the mechanics of the ship are. Mm.
1: But anyway. Who knows? It might be more down there. I remember them taking, when we were downstairs in the bowels, they took us out onto this walkway, they opened up this door and it was like going into an alien landscape. It was black as black and it was this vast expanse of nothing. Mm. I don't even know what it would have been used for. Maybe they stored army transport or something in there, but it was just so black and nothingness that it was actually quite disturbing. Wow. Mm. Now another ghost that we've they've talked about is Grumpy. <laughs>
0: Tell me about Grumpy. Right. he sounds interesting. Yeah,
1: so uh, Grumpy was discovered by Bob Davis. I love how everyone puts their names to who discovered the ghost. <laughs> he was apparently called that because he likes to try and scare people by growling at them. It's done in a joking manner. I'd like to hear what a, a joking growl sounds like. <laughs> Do you want to have a go? Do you want to... <laughs> Oh, God knows. Anyway, no, no. He just wants to be left alone. He's quite often seen under the stairs of the first class pool, but has been seen in the hallways and in the green room under the pool. Now, it's rumoured that he was a past captain, but he doesn't behave in the manner of any captain that would have been on that particular luxury liner. Other psychics say that he killed a woman by accident and hid the body under the stairs. When the body was found, he committed suicide. He won't leave because he is scared of what is on the other side. That's very clichéd. It is. It sounds like a great story, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Smell of cigars or cigarette smokers associated with him. And a psychic picked up that his name was Roland. Roland. Mm -hmm. Roland the ghost on the Roland Mary. Mm
0: -hmm. I wonder whether there was a captain called
1: Roland. Mm. You could look that up, couldn't you? You could. You could. Now, another pair that have been discovered now, these guys always appear together. It's Jack and Terrence. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. They're also seen in the first-class swimming pool. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a vortex. there seems to be a lot featured around there, or people's attention has been drawn to this particular area, so they're expecting to have an experience there, so that's where they see everything.:
0: We also know that water seems, seems to be a catalyst for. So yeah. the pool so is empty.: things. Yeah It's
1: been empty for decades. Mm. Mm. So these guys appear as soldiers. right. Now, they are thought to have died of heat stroke or a fire, and the reason why is that when they appear, it gets very hot. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. So people putting that together with the possibility that they've either died from a fire incident or from this heat exhaustion. They appear together, thought to be friends, and may have died around the same time. Now, they're very good at being playful and tugging clothing. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if they tugged my bag, but that was in a different area. Now we're going to move on to an officer, senior second officer, William Eric Stark, Uh unwittingly drank poison.
0: I've heard this story. Yes. It's on one of the podcasts.
1: Yes. So he invited two new crew members to his cabin for a drink. Now he told the steward to go and grab a bottle of gin and the steward knew that he was in a hurry so he raced nearby to another officer's cabin that they knew had some stock of gin and grabbed a bottle of that. But what the steward didn't realise is that officer had already drunk all the gin and had replaced it with cleaning solvent. Right. Now, this is this is something I don't know about your parents, but my parents used to do. Yeah, he, they, yes, they would get it bottles. It is likely that that can happen, and yep. they would store yep. chemicals and all sorts of shit yep. in these bottles and not label it. Yep. So you'd always have to take a lid off and sniff it before you, yep. before you attempted to drink it.
0: And you are on a vessel, yeah. So yeah, yeah you're you know, gonna make use of what's there. Exactly right.
1: Yep. Or. The man had a problem with alcohol and was trying to hide the fact that he'd drunk all the gin. Anyway, that's hearsay. That's not truth. I am not putting that down (laughs) as something I can get sued over. Anyway, so he'd replace it with solvent. So when he poured it, the others have said to him, don't drink that. That's not gin. And they put a twist of lime in it. But he did it anyway, mocking them, saying, oh, don't worry, it's fine. The next day he was violently ill. And died in agony a few days later because there was nothing they could do to help him. Because it had been in his system for so long, it was already there. Mm. So he is seen lingering around the captain's cabins and promenade deck, probably looking for proper gin. Sounds of choking, rarely talks, but there's lots of grunting and growling, Mm -hmm. which would... Yeah. Um, Anyway, and then of course we come up to the Queen's Salon where we have the report of the beautiful woman in white. So that, our opening story sort of told quite a bit about her. Yes. And the Queen's Salon was actually a place for dining and dancing and she can be quite often seen sliding across the floor as if she's dancing to a silent orchestra, dancing alone in the shadows of the corner of the room. I feel a little bit sad for her. Yes, that sounds very sad. Yeah. Well, the 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 theory, some people have come up with theories saying that they believe the spirits attach themselves to the antique furniture or personal items that are still remaining on the ship because mm-hmm. it is a museum mm-hmm. and they do have those things there. But then we have the notorious bedroom.
0: This is one I mentioned that you can you can sleep the night in for four hundred and ninety nine American
1: dollars. Now I'm actually going to read you this. This is about room stateroom B three four zero, and this is from the website
3: mm-hmm.
1: from the Queen Mary's website. Mm-hmm. The notoriously haunted stateroom B three four zero will once again be available for overnight guests. It has featured on sci-fi channels Ghost Hunters and the British TV series Most Haunted and offering thrill-seekers and scare enthusiasts the unique opportunity to spend the night in the axiom of the alleged paranormal activity of the Queen Mary. Stateroom B340 has a large volume of recorded paranormal activity with many stories of haunted encounters noted in the ship's log. Reports date back to the final ocean voyage in 1967 and includes complaints from guests staying in B-340 claiming that someone was knocking on the door in the middle of the night. Others' complaints include... Bathroom lights turning on and off by themselves, the sink force turning on and off on its own and unexplained bathroom doors shutting. Some guests have reported the covers of their bed being pulled off while sleeping and waiting to see a dark figure standing at the foot of their bed. It goes on for a little bit more information and also talks about the fact that you get your Ouija boards and all that sort of stuff left in there. Now, they did mention Ghost Hunters... Yes. Do you remember that episode? No. Mm. Hmm. They left a camera set up in that particular room Mm -hmm. because one of the reports were the covers being pulled down, so Mm -hmm. they had it focused on the bed. And guess what happened? What? The covers got pulled down on the bed. Really? They did. That's amazing. And they went to look at the video very carefully and realised that somebody had stopped the camera and then set it up to be able to pull the sheets down to make it look like a ghost had done it. <laughs> Did they? So somebody has deliberately gone in there and tried to make it look like a ghost was doing it, but there's uh, just a little section where you can see the, the, the sheets are there and it looks like somebody had been there from memory, but there's you can see the edge of the sheet. And then all of a sudden you can't see the edge of the sheet Mm -hmm. and it starts to pull back. So somebody has stopped the camera, adjusted it so that they can actually pull it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So that then gave them the poos and they took their bat and ball and went home because how can you trust anything else that happens there after that? How can you not know? And I know what's going on in B340. Let me tell you. Now, as you had mentioned, Renata the ship had been through a few owners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacques Costeau was one of them, but unfortunately it sank, <laughs> which is a really bad thing. But he was trying to make it into a aquarium museum on board, but it closed just a few years later due to low ticket sales and poor care of the sea life inside. Mm, they couldn't keep the fish alive. That's just dreadful. So that's sort of part of the mismanagement of this. But there was one stage where a very important company bought the Queen Mary. Yes. Disney, Yes. hmm Now, I found this out when I was reading Amy Bruni's book. And Disney didn't want anyone to know that no. it was owned by Disney. I've got a little bit on that <laughs> too. So Disney decided that with the ship's haunted history that they would try to create, you know, in Disney they talk about the haunted mansion. Yes. They were going to try and create a haunted ship. Mm-hmm. And they actually fitted out that room with sensors under the floorboards and rigging on the taps and the lights and all sorts of things as part of a haunted experience on the haunted ship. So they realised at some stage that it was just going to be too expensive but there are other rumours that the actual... I don't know, we'd call them council here, must have had too many caveats in their contracts. Maybe they got a bit greedy with the thought of Port Disney theme park coming in there and it all fell to pieces and Disney went, well, stuff you, Mm -hmm. we'll take our bat and ball and go home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But are these
0: items still there?
1: Possibly. Right. Which could explain... Why you hear creaking floorboards Mm -hmm. and taps turning on and off Mm -hmm. because that is exactly what used to happen. Now, there is someone here who's talking about this... So one of the tours they wanted to implement was called Haunted Passages, which would capitalise on the the legends and the rumours of the mysterious happenings on the ship. Now, this is Todd James Pearce that's reporting this. He said the tour took you to areas where people were murdered, crushed, drowned or otherwise died during the passage. The then unused room where Disney installed the Haunted Mansion style effects, which was room B340, that's where you would experience floorboards would creak, faucets would turn on and off, disembodied voices would sound and spooky things would appear in the mirrors. Now, does that sound very much like the phenomena that's happening? Yes. So once Disney decided to opt out of this, they said that the company's lease was not renewed. Some claimed it was low attendance numbers. Some others say that was Long Beach bungled the deal and that there was many people that had to sign secrecy clauses and contracts so that this information never came out. But room B340 was then locked up To not be used because it was rigged with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But because so many people had signed contracts saying they weren't allowed to talk what was happening in the ship, the legend started that there was a haunting in this room and so now we've reopened the room and we're charging a bomb to stay in said haunted room. So would you trust that anything in there was paranormal? But you might be guaranteed of getting a haunting. I
0: have read, and I can't remember what team it was that went in and they stayed the night. I know it's on YouTube because I watched it, Mm -hmm. and they were there for two nights and they said nothing happened.
1: Yeah, well, I've I've actually gone into here and found some really interesting information from some seasoned paranormal investigators that I quite respect and like myself. Even though the haunted attraction at the Queen Mary is long gone, the memory remains. So over time, these memories can turn into legends, stripping away the fictional origins one retelling at a time, and eventually legends can turn into actual hauntings. Mm -hmm. And this is what we know as an egregore, Mm all right? where the the thought is layered in on top of each other. stronger and, and stronger. Yeah, so decades of emotions pumped into a specific place or thing. Whether it's a lingering memory of the collective consciousness or the manifestation of a literal ghost, so many people have whispered rumours that the Queen Mary's haunted room, that even the room was stripped of all its imagineering effects long ago, or was it? And mm-hmm. um, some of those old scares are still occurring to people. Then John Tenney also jumps in. You're talking about tens of thousands of people over 30 to 40 years, Tenny says, noting that much energy put into a single idea can have significant power. The haunted history of the boat too helps realise these experiences. They're not just manifesting some random idea. They have handholds on something that was actually there. Yeah. They have an uh, eviscerated man. They have children drowning in the pools. They have things that they can really focus on so they can really create powerful egregores in the fact that that there are so many specific ideas of ghosts on the ship. So they they could possibly be thought forms. They could now. Mm. Now, the writer of this particular article said that he spent the night in this particular room. So I'm not exactly sure what they heard in the room, but can definitely vouch for the fact that people put a lot of stock in the idea that the place is haunted. The night I slept there, three different groups pounded on the door in the middle of the night trying to talk to the ghosts. (laughs) Wouldn't that piss you off if you paid 500 bucks? <laughs> it, it would. <laughs> now, um, this is where the thought that there's these contracts because he did ask the Queen Mary for an interview and they refused and that's probably because they're contractually not allowed to. Yes. So many people have forgotten that it was a a Disney attraction and this is where, as we were talking about, it's problematic for ghost hunters because once we know that there's been shenanigans and fakery, even at the time, they weren't trying to pretend it was a ghost. It was for entertainment, Mm -hmm. but it's morphed into something completely different. So let's now look at whether this is a true haunting or not. As we can see, this is a business. Yes. It is a very large ship with beautiful Art Deco, woodwork everywhere and, and windows and, and furnishings and it takes upkeep. They have to make money. They do and they would be employing a bucket load of people to keep it going and they've they've realized that the thing that is bringing the money the most and what is entertaining people the most is the haunted history yes so as good business people do they are going down the path but the question is are those ghosts really there or have they created these ghosts So there was a great article you sent me, Renata, from PRF Haunting Case Study, Past Echoes Aboard the Great Ghost by Brian Williams from the Psychical Research Foundation. So they're saying that on a lot of the upper decks, there is what you'd call classic seafaring experiences. People laughing, sounds of glass clinking, that sort of thing going on. And the reports underneath the deck seems to be closer to the war history and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But their determination is that is all residual. Mm-hmm. There is nothing there that is interacting intelligently.
0: Mm-hmm. What about the recordings that you had talked about before? With the little girl at the pool. Well, to
1: me, that is an intelligent interaction. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, would be some sort of intelligent entity. But as we've known from the Philip experiment, which we've mentioned in other podcasts, we as humans are quite capable of creating entities. I reckon we should do a podcast on the Philip experiment. Is it a true haunting or not? Mm. That would be a really interesting one. So they're talking about they're, they're spontaneous events. Yes. So you can't tell when they're going to happen, where they're going to happen. I think <clears throat> if something occurred on the dot of the, the, the clock, mm-hmm. then you would be a little bit suspicious about it. But they do talk about they've brought six psychics in to conduct a psi scan, which I thought was a great way of talking about it. And many of them didn't pick up anything but for a couple that seemed to report the stories that had already been told previously. So they're a little bit suspicious that they may have done some research beforehand or had been on the, the ship beforehand as well. So there's lots of residual sounds of like wrenches and doors banging, that sort of thing. They did have an experience where they could hear voices murmuring, but I mean, <laughs> voices travel over water. So it really comes down to, is it a survival of consciousness or is this a psi event? I think, with the history of the Queen Mary, I, I think it's a great business venture yes. and that they are telling the stories that psychics have given them, which we know happen on ghost tours quite often. Is it truly haunted? Maybe. 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 Yeah, they've got good evidence. They do have good evidence to say that there's something going on there, but whether it is the survival of a human or whether it is a created egregore, that is my question. Mm. Yeah. What's your thoughts?
0: That's going to be hard to try and work out as well. Look, uh, I I think that this is a beautiful vessel that is for everyone to enjoy now uh, that it is
1: permanently at... Uh, I think even you could go on that, Renata. Yes. It's It's like sitting on rocks, but it has water around it, yes, so it's, yes. it's not I, moving. <laughs> I would do it. I would Ooh, do it. Oh, you've heard that, everyone. She's going to do it.
0: <laughs> I would do it. From the point of view of just being on something that really doesn't exist anymore because those cruise liners like that don't exist, mm. going into that time zone of the Art Deco furnishings and the the beautiful finish to all of the items there on the cruise ship. And I'd enjoy to see whether there would be a connection that could be made. Or maybe, I'd, maybe I'd a time slip.
1: A time slip. Could be. Now, there's a possibility. Yeah. Oh, that's another whole episode.
0: But we have to leave that one open, I think. Yeah. Is it a true haunting or not? Possibly. There are remnants of
1: There's certainly residual. There's certainly residual. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I hope Let's you've
0: all say,
3: enjoyed.
1: Yeah. hope you've enjoyed this episode of True Hauntings. Don't forget to please like, subscribe, and do whatever it is those podcasters tell you to do to help us keep presenting more episodes of True Hauntings.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.